ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. What do you think of when you think about the power and potential of your hormones, both for good or for bad, for your health, life, and birth? My guest today is going to talk about birthing high, the benefits of our natural flow of hormones, and how our over-medicalization of birth practices can cause problems for babies and society. A discussion that is just so important to consider how birth matters in our lives. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. I am so honored today. My guest is Maria Lembo. She's an Argentine home birth midwife with 24 years of practice. 4,300 assisted births, and I'll say that again, 4,300 births. She's a TEDx speaker, a translator of midwifery books, spiritual midwifery, and she's a translator for our documentary, Orgasmic Birth. So if you're watching our subtitles in Spanish, you know that Marina did them. She also helped translate Ina Mae Gaskin and the Farm Midwives Birth Story. She's founder and twice president of the Argentine Association of Independent Midwives, and she led the lobby to preserve home birth practices in midwifery regulation and started a national birth centers network initiative. Marina is a midwifery professor and technical expert. She is a national and international lecturer of human rights in childbirth activist, a homeopath, a mother of two born at home. And I had the great pleasure of reconnecting with Marina this June in Bali at the International Confederation of Midwives Congress, where I listened again and was so inspired by her passion, wisdom, and activism. And I know you will be too. Welcome, Marina. It's so great to see you again. It's a pleasure to be here with, with you and all people. I have to say, when I saw your title, Birthing High, I really loved it. And I thought, I have to ask you, what is Birthing High? Well, many people, most of the people, doesn't know that we inside, no, the, the uh, whole person, we are a laboratory like the pharmacy industry, but inside of us. So when you tell and share, inform people, especially pregnant people and their family and friends, that they can produce a lot of healthy hormones. And also to know about the stress hormones as well. No? Everybody is interested in have a healthy pregnancy, uh, a healthy birth or delivery, and also postpartum care. 
And many people think that they can get that in all the machines and pills and checkups. But in fact, when I'm providing prenatal care or being in touch with doulas, for example, also with other colleagues, I explain the importance to, to uh, trigger these pleasure hormones because when we do uh, like activities that we enjoy a lot and when we relax, we are releasing these healthy hormones in our bloodstream, no? So people don't know that they can, for example, hugging somebody for 20 seconds, they trigger oxytocin and oxytocin is a very powerful hormone that can stay the blood pressure in healthy levels and oxygen levels also. And we want a pregnant person with a normal blood pressure, with normal levels of uh, glucose, also a baby having a, a good stream of blood in the placenta, and also the precise tone in the muscles, in, in, in the pelvis. So oxytocin and adrenaline are like, they are like pulsing, no? The, on one side, not like the stress system and the anti-stress system. So, so if we don't want problems no, in pregnancy and birth, we have to put special attention in these healthy and powerful hormones like oxytocin. Also in, in many in labors, you can see women, for example, in moments of resting, no? And they rest sometimes being in an upright position, standing up, no? Hugging around the neck, the doula, the partner, the midwife, or the grandmother, some friend there, somebody. And that hug, or for example, this kind of slow dance, no? These moments of resting, they are releasing a lot of oxytocin that they don't need these artificial hormones, an IV, for example, that it's not intelligent because the natural oxytocin, it's intelligent and the artificial oxytocin is not intelligent. And the intelligent hormone preserves also the state of the conditions of the baby. So, for example, having sex, if you enjoy it no, and, and, and you want to or masturbate, doing a sport, uh, um, physical activity, swimming, especially swimming because the contact with the water in the level of the kidneys and the nipples also release a lot of anti-stress hormones. Also doing activities with the hands, activities like uh, using colors and painting mandalas or knitting or cooking, for example, playing, playing with kids, with the children, like staying in the present when you're watching a film there and not uh, looking at the WhatsApp chat, no, I'm here, uh, <clears throat> leaving space to be in the nature, uh, 
better to also sometimes when I notice some pregnant women or trans people, pregnant people are a little bit worried. Sometimes I suggest to go to a park, for example, and to hug a tree. They tell me that it's a little bit like uh, uh, shameful. Uh, they feel like in a situation uncomfortable because everybody is watching them hugging the tree, but the sensation there, it's like an immediate feel of calm no? and peaceful. So people, when they get to know that we can activate all these powerful, healthy hormones, it's very useful. No? For example, if you had a bad day, no, or you are exhausted, well, you know what things can help you to trigger and to release and you produce yourself these healthy hormones, like praying, for example, neurosciences are studying, for example, how to produce more oxytocin praying or meditating or being there in the nature. Sometimes also the contact, the skin to skin contact, no, also releasing these hormones of relaxation, no, and also how some things like, for example, breathing faster, not drinking water or being quiet, that uh, situations trigger the stress hormones. So, for example, if you want to keep the stress down, you have to drink a lot of water, keep you, your body hydrated. Many doulas, many midwives do it only by watching, no? with a non-verbal communication. You just see the person in labor with the tongue on the dried lips and you offer water. But in fact, what we are doing, hydrating somebody is keeping the adrenaline low. The same with the movement. We know that moving freely during labor helps to open, widen the pelvis and helping the baby to, to flex, um, to bend, no, to enter in the center of the pelvis. But the movement uh, burns the, the excess of adrenaline, no? That those are like simple things, and also the skin to skin contact. When we rub somebody somebody's back, when when the back aches during labor sometimes, or when the baby is getting uh, deeply down in the pelvis, we are also releasing these hormones that um, are like painkillers, natural painkillers, but also we are. Uh, activating these other hormones of more oxygen, um, heartbeat, norm. So when people know all this inner laboratory, they start feeling like confident regarding the birth, confident regarding their capacity not to, to give birth in a healthy way. And also... As I was saying, there are a lot of practices, for example, in hospital that they, those, these practices, they, they don't allow these natural and healthy and powerful 
hormones that, that, that prevent problems because everybody thinks about a C-section or a baby stuck that doesn't get in the pelvis or the, the pain, no, like the fantasy of the a huge pain that you cannot uh, deal with. But when they get to know that dancing, hugging, kissing, touching, having a contact with water, meditating, or for example, some techniques of breathing in labor or hypnobirth, things that help you to get in another state of mind. All those things almost warranty that everything's going to be okay. So for me, the, to discover the, the CCOS neuro endocrine immunology is, it was like a big information that helped a lot of people, uh, to understand also the importance to sleeping properly, to go to sleep early, don't stay, not to stay till very late at night awaken or doing things of their work and not to be more organic also in their respecting the light and, and the night time because during the night the body it's like doing like gardening when you cut the the parts of the branches of the tree that that are like old and without leaves so at night, it's very important to leave the body, the energy to eliminate and cut and clean all our, uh, like the highways, no, the roads of our body. It's very important, the liver to eliminate the toxics of the body of the day, the functions of the physiological functions of the day. And also it's very important to respect the times uh, of the of sleep also so much knowledge and i love that you call it because i had never heard it before psychoneuroendocrine immunology right as a science that helps understand the power and the potential of hormones and you really explained so well why our bodies, and I love how you say that the body is that laboratory, right? And we're always producing and creating these hormones that help birth to go gentler and easier. And I know I get asked all the time, you know, is home birth safe? And I'm sure as a home birth midwife, all these years you hear this, but do you feel that these, the hormonal flow is in the way you presented it is part of what helps keep home birth safe or birth safe? Well, here, for example, in Argentina, births are highly medicalized. So, and at hospitals, no, people are suffering a lot of routine practices and procedures. And for example, it is something of the last perhaps 10 years that people had the right by law to be together with somebody, a couple, a partner, a friend, a relative, and 
for example, in the, the C-sections, they can be together with somebody. So all those things are helping all this adrenaline and stress hormones into be in big amounts, no? in, in big concentrations. So we know there's stress and the level of oxy oxygen is going to be less and the baby then it's going to have uh, the fetal heart tones down and then everybody is running or, for example, the cervix keeps rigid and closed and more pain and they they don't allow uh, people to drink or eat during labor. So as we were talking about, if you drink water, you are going to keep the adrenaline down. And, and hospitals, they don't allow people to drink water. So they are going to be full of adrenaline and with poor oxytocin. <laughs> so many people are choosing for a home birth because in that, in that scenario, no, in, it's their own environment. So they can be uh, wherever they want. They can change places, rooms, go to the toilet, stay there. And they are the like the owners of the place and we are uh, we are there like we are being invited no so as it is not our house they are in control of their place and uh, also it's full of their the the smell of their place the 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 furniture um their clothes some families are with their children there because there's something that worries a lot many people during labor how are my kids uh, are they fine are they being well cared no and so when they are there you are without all those worries that tension you tension your body uh, and reflects on the physical no? uh, level. So home birth for many people allows these hormones, no? when they want to rest, they rest. And also with these intelligent hormones, when a labor it's being like too heavy for the pregnant person or for the baby, these intelligent hormones slow down. So when they the, the themselves in this um, instinct wisdom, no, the hormones doing their job, they can identify if the process it's being too much for both for the pregnant person or for the baby. And sometimes there are some people that in labor need a moment of several hours of resting time. But in the hospital, they don't allow that. So they don't let you drink, don't, they don't let you eat, they don't let you being together with somebody. They oblige you to be lying down instead of or suggesting you to move. So your body is full of stress hormones and then the extra practices no, over you, the breaking the membranes, pushing very early, 
uh, and they don't allow these moments of no contractions, perhaps, no? But after that, when the person has recovered, that it's not only the physical aspect. As labor also has to do with the psychological aspect and also how the family is going to change, how your life is going to change, breastfeeding or taking care of another person, little person, this psycho, neuro, endocrine, immunology also recognize that those aspects. If you are not like mature, no, in, in your mental state, or you don't feel you are ready or prepared to breastfeeding or being a, a mother or a trans father, sometimes that these hormones slow down and give you the space, no, your time sometimes under a shower, you're with contractions, you get a shower and you organize you know, all these thoughts in your mind and then the contractions start again you know, like pushing you to continue the labor also the feelings you no know, that i there are some people that during labor they they cry they shout they talk with somebody and, and feel bad for some situations, they need to talk about those things sometimes in a couple. They need to keep in, no, like this, the soil and the hormones that and leave also the space. So it's like for me, it's like many animals. No, you can go to the zoo and you watch the panda or the, I don't know, tiger and also the vets know that the pregnancy and labors in the zoos are difficult, but when they are under natural environments, everything goes fine. The pandas get pregnant and the pandas are born and everything is fine. <laughs> they aren't in, in these difficult challenges of, of let's make the elephant get pregnant in the New York Zoo, for example, no? It's, it's different how it works. but. For example, in some countries, for example, Latin America. In Latin America, being out of the hospital is related to poverty. It's related to ignorant people, scarcity of resource, being negligent. So it also depends on the culture. For some cultures, being out of the hospital is seen like you are socially in a level that you are like in very bad quality, the style of life, no, it's uh, so poor. But when they also understand these things, no, like birth has worked for thousands of years in the history of humanity um, and they understand that at hospital, they are going to trigger these stress hormones and that and doesn't help at all. They start not like being more open-minded. Yeah. 
so important, Marina. So you've given people a lot to think about in how the hormones can flow optimally and all the things that create stress to consider where and with whom they give birth. But I know you also talk about the baby because the baby's also, right, having an experience with the hormones. And how does birth make a difference to the baby in the hormonal state that they're welcomed in? Well, there are a, a lot of things. For example, the immunology state that everybody also is worried about the baby, the infections or the breathing transition or what if the baby needs attention and, and all that. Uh, and again, if we respect and preserve these hormones during pregnancy and especially uh, during all the, those hours of labor, the baby is going to regulate the temperature in a different way. People in general don't know that the cold temperature can make the baby use oxygen to keep itself like warm. So if the baby use oxygen, it's going to have perhaps some breathing problems. So some very simple thing is to keep the baby skin to skin contact, naked skin contact with the person who has delivered the baby or some other person, but skin to skin contact, release oxytocin and oxytocin helps to regulate the temperature levels. Also, the prolactin, people think that it's a hormone that appears suddenly to produce human milk only at that moment. But prolactin is also released during labor and prolactin helps to mature the last details of the lungs so the prolactin helps to do the, the last work on to prepare the lungs. So all these hormones are linked. Prolactin is linked with oxytocin and also is linked with endorphins and also is linked to adrenaline the, in the precise levels. And they work together and they, they are like doing feedbacks, no one one hormone to the other. So you, if you, you want a baby that uh, breathe to breathe properly, you may leave this oxytocin and the prolactin work during labor in the moment when the pushes comes. So then, the, when the baby is born, it's not going to have problems to breathe because could produce this this prolactin. It's not going to have like temperature dysregulations because it's going to be skin-to-skin -skin contact and also full of this oxytocin. The body that is in contact with a baby with this intelligence can lower the temperature, its own temperature, to heat the baby or it can cool the baby. No, It, it can make the temperature high or low and in that way, as the baby is skin-to-skin -skin contact, the baby also is regulated by the other like body, no? Also, many people are like worried about that who checks the baby 
transition and how do you know if the baby is fine and they think that you have to take the baby, run away and start connecting the baby to a lot of white lights or um, alarms. And if you don't want to have problems, you have to respect this also adrenaline at the pushes, but the spontaneous adrenaline only at that moment, because the adrenaline helps the prolactin. And also these endorphins make the baby to uh, dilate the lungs and also dilate the pupils. No, what do you call yes, them? the pupils, the eyes. Uh, and, and this helps the baby to do this eye contact with the other person. That eye contact also triggers more hormones and helps the, the interest to latch and to produce milk. So, and these hormones also are um, producing many substances of the immune system. So you have everything there. <laughs> the baby is being like more protected. It's going to breathe without any problem. It's not going to have like temperature regulation problems. It's going to feed uh, early and breast milk is, is going to release properly and everything is like more simple, no? Um, make things easier. Taking care of a newborn, it's a tough work. Anybody who have had a, a, a child knows that. So if you can get all the benefits of this cocktail, no, this natural cocktail of hormones, it helps a lot to make this work that it's really tough a little bit easier. And also the babies produce their own anti-stress hormones and the stress hormones. Babies that are stressed cry a lot. And when they cry a lot, they start producing a lot of like toxins to the bloodstream, no? And then again, it's like a cycle, a feedback of stress, no? Stress, more stress, more stress. So when you have a, a very stressed baby, you have again to work hard on this hormone, the anti-stress to help the baby to like reset. Again, the babies that couldn't get these healthy hormones in birth and in labor, because some, I sometimes receive some questions or uh, people that consult me, or well, I had a C-section or my pregnancy was complicated and my baby stayed at the NICU and all that. And, and now I am like doing for my whole life. But no, this hormones are so amazing and uh, fantastic that again if you hug the baby if you play with the baby if you do skin to skin contact perhaps you don't want to breastfeed or you can't and the baby is 
is fed with a bottle, you can, again, no, do this eye contact and stay there and uh, uh, try to pay attention how you can trigger all these um, hormones that also repair. They are also like a rehab <laughs> resource. And you can also get down all this big stress of these babies that cry and are very tense and don't sleep properly. And you can notice that they are like out of the organic order. So perhaps what you lose in some hours or some days of prodrome or active labor, uh, perhaps you need a couple of months no, to induce, to trigger all those hormones when you lose these like spontaneous biological moments. But you can do it all the same. You can do that. So I sometimes share with people, it's like a flyer with, with four hormones and it says sleep, try to sleep seven to nine hours, hug somebody, give thanks. No, being thankful also triggers you these healthy hormones or be in touch with the nature, breathe, pray, sing, play, dance, well, things like that. And sometimes it's again, no, like remind the person, here's the, like the source of the healthy hormones. And if you pay attention to this, you can keep on the side, perhaps the cancer risk factors of the family or also autism or diabetes. When I ended this uh, TED talk and I talk about why is it important how we give birth and we are born, it's because these hormones live like prints in our cells, in, in our uh, genes, no? in, in our DNA. And not only in in our children, but in like six or seven more generations ahead. So this information, we print information there. And this information, these healthy hormones are going to be with us till we get really old people. Now with these neurosciences, and also, there's another important role of the natural bacteria in, in, in the bowels and in, in how all these medicines, artificial medicines and antibiotics, the excess, no? The overuse of these medications also affect our bacteria. Yes, yeah, our microbiome. Yeah. So important. Marina, you gave everyone so much to think about in birthing high and how our hormones really matter and birth matters. But I also appreciate your message that when birth needs interventions or takes a different path, that healing of these hormones is always possible too. So I know for many people listening, they're wondering how can they follow you and continue 
to bathe as I love to in your wisdom and passion for birth? Where's the best places for people to find you? Oh, I'm like a disaster. <laughs> I mean, the social networks, but they can write me in Facebook or by Instagram. I have an update, an unupdated website, but they can write there or send me a WhatsApp. I have no problem. My Instagram has the phone number. Anybody sends me messages, texts, questions, also colleagues sometimes or to lecture or mm, I have no, no problem to be there and help them. And luckily the TED Talk is not translated yet, but perhaps this year, the next year, perhaps. It, I hope so. Yeah. That would be wonderful. You'll have to let us know. So we will put all those social into the show notes. So for everybody listening, wherever you're listening to us, just look below in the show notes and you can contact Marina there. And we certainly would love to hear from you. I always love to hear your takeaways. Message us both. And we thank you for joining us for another episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. And we hope that you will rate and review us to help us reach more people and join us next week. Thank you so much, Marina. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.